0: It's Paul Antonelli here with another uh, episode of the Ideal Business Podcast. I've been, uh, the last few episodes, uh, I've talked a little bit about um, the concept of risk, which is one of the criteria for determining uh, how ideal your business is. Um, And what I'm going to talk about today. Is some very cool tools that if you utilize them effectively uh, can have a big impact on the risk profile of your business if it's something that you're aiming to reduce so, um, so I might just the best way to get into it is to get into these tools and have a bit of a discussion on each of these as we as we go through them um, obviously one of the areas uh, for which introduces risk in a business is, um, and and it's something that as business owners, we're very conscious of not overextending ourselves is employing people, employing staff. There's a lot of uh, costs associated with employing staff, uh, right from the recruitment process, bringing them on board, the training process, uh, and then what if they don't work out, your time investment, all that sort of stuff. So, I've got for m- most of my approaches when I bring people on board, um, not always, but uh, when you're sort of looking to uh, have a bit more control over the process of engaging people, it's, it's really worth looking closely at outsourcing and contracting. Um, we've, and, and they're just important to understand what that means. Um, we have uh, in, in our businesses, we've got staff all, o- all over the world. Uh, so there's staff in Australia. We've got team members in Canada, in the UK, in uh, the Philippines, all around, all around the place. Uh, and it's just been the way that we've operated since the beginning. And one of the ideas behind this approach is to, when you look at um, a particular role in the business, if you determine that it's more about getting things done you know, like specific project-driven activity or things that you need to, that um, may not be something that you need all the time, then outsourcing could be a really good way to go about it. Um, one of the platforms to use, and we've used it, we, we used it very effectively and continue to do, so it's Upwork, upwork.com. Um, that platform enables you to post a job up and then people bid on it. You can set some parameters around it. And then you've got very clear definition around the expectations, both from your expectations as the person wanting to get something done and the person doing the work. And so it's it's a really good platform to outsource and you can pretty much do anything. And when I talk to business owners, um, often they get stuck with uh, minor activities or pro, small tasks that you know, no one else in their team can do or they don't have a team large enough. Uh, it's really quite a simple process to outsource those sorts of activities. Um, and so this is a different approach to directly employing team members. Uh, and, and as we know, um, the, the difference with this approach, a lot with direct, and I'm going to talk a little bit about our recruitment process. It'll be something that I'll talk about in this, in this podcast, how to go about doing that. Uh, but this is, when you engage people in these processes, you do it in a way that's called a fast recruitment so you don't spend lots of time, lots of interviews, going through, reading CVs. It's, it's just not worth it. So you, you sort of start at one week, and then within the week, you've actually got someone engaged and someone kicked off. And so it's a very different process. It takes less of your time, less money, and, of course, there's less risk associated. Um, and another idea to consider... Is as you're growing and expanding your business, um, and this is where the contracting side might come into play. You might need you might need someone, for example, in the IT space, a uh, business analyst or IT manager, but you don't you don't really need someone full time. So how do you bridge that? So a great mechanism is to look at a part time role, um, and ideally you'd contract someone through an entity rather than direct employment. And you might you might say, look, I only need you for a, a day a week, you know, eight hours a week or 16 hours a week, or 12 hours a week, or whatever it is. Uh, This gives you access to high-caliber talent without having to have the onboarding and the carrying costs, even though you may not need them. And so I don't think I've actually employed anyone. I don't think I actually have any full-time employees across my business. I don't think anyone should work five days a week, 40 hours a week. It's just too much. Um, And so we've built our entire business model and our framework for team members to work two, three, four days a week, uh, I think that's that's actually what most people want nowadays. And so it's a bit of a shared risk model. Um, and if you can bring people on board in the in different roles and connect um, the out, the payments, the, a large part of the payments to the outcomes. Um, I know you can't do that with all sorts of with all roles, but there's a lot of roles that you can do that. You can have defined KPIs and outcomes, so you can pay a base retainer. Or, and then you can have uh, bonus or incentive payments. Once again, that reduces your risk where someone just gets on board and you know puts in the hours but achieves the income. So I found that uh, if you use this sort of an approach, uh, and, and once again, you can't do it for all activity, but if you use this sort of approach, you tend to repel people that are not outcome focused and attract performers. People go, yep, I'm happy to do it on that basis. They're confident in their ability to get it done and uh, and you'll attract those sorts of people. As I mentioned, our our, upwork.com up is a really good platform for doing this and you can pretty much get anything outsourced anywhere around the world. And so the easiest way to do it is set it, set yourself up an account and trial it out. You know, pick some simple projects, something that might take, you know, a week. You might wanna spend a couple of hundred dollars on it and then see how, how you go with it. Um, so built up a business in, in our businesses, you know, we built um, loyal team members that have extensive experience about our business, and they sort of came on board through this sort of process. So this becomes a really good process to sort of a fast recruit, low risk engagement strategy, um, and then after three or four months, if it's looking like they're a good fit for your business. They get things done. Then you might want to look at how you can change that nature of engagement—engagement engagement from an outsourcing process to more of a con- contract arrangement or an employment arrangement. Um, it, it is interesting because I think I talk to a lot of businesses who've looked at um, this process, and they typically go, "Oh, it doesn't work that well. I need people in the office. I don't, you know, I need to see what they're doing." It's—it's um, it's not, you know, we we have uh, team members that we've engaged in this process and now are, are fundamental to our business. They've been around for many years and they cover areas such as bookkeeping, finance, IT, uh, you know, marketing, sales, uh, administration, reception functions, all those sorts of, all, all key functions across the business. And so they become now permanent long-term staff with us, but we're initially engaged in the process I've described to you. And this enable you to also... As you if you just have to if you need a bit more capacity but you don't know if it's going to be ongoing and you don't want to take the risk of employing people, then this is a good way to bring on some capacity in a non-committed, low cost, fast way. So hopefully that makes sense about the recruitment. So if you're not outsourcing and contracting um, is a really good way to go about growing the business uh, and expanding, but in a much, much less risk model. A second tool that is really important to reduce risk, um, and I'll, I'll probably give you an example of um, a car uh, or a plane, or a helicopter or any of these things. In a car, we have a dashboard. In a plane, they've got a lot of buttons and gauges and uh, a dashboard as well. and they do this in anything that needs instant feedback. So that you can make adjustments and know where you're at. It's actually really important. Uh, and so, and one of the reasons for these dashboards and this feedback information is to make things safer and to reduce the risk, clearly. So, risk events often occur because of the lack in a business framework, lack of visibility or data where it's not really noticed. It's unnoticed for a long period of time. And then the more down the track the event unfolds and unwinds, the more difficult it may be to get hold of it, grapple it, and make some changes. So as with many things that uh, can tend to be a problem, uh, the earlier it can be identified, uh, gives you more opportunity and more time to get it sorted and get it back on track. So it's really important to, to reduce risk in a business. You, you want to see when something is not right. And a really good way, uh, you know, we manage our businesses by statistics and by dashboards is having a visual format for this. You know, I've worked with uh, a lot of business over the years and it it surprises me how few actually have statistics, uh, really detailed statistics across their business. If they do have statistics, often they're not putting them into a dashboard or a graphical format, so it's quite hard to... um, To actually see what's going on, you have to read it as opposed to see it. So the important thing is to track statistics. And we have a whole number of range, different stats that we track, and we can share that with you. And and it's probably the ones that, you know, the way I would consider for you, things that you are consider quite critical for you and your business, um, they're the things, the statistics you wanna track and you wanna put in a graph. And so so you wanna be able to see it. And we track stats uh, very, very closely. So when looking at tri- tri- you know, tracking stats in a business, here's some key steps that uh, I'd recommend. Firstly, um, you've got to track the stats weekly. As I mentioned uh, before, we do stats from Friday to Thursday, and all metrics are measured on a weekly basis for this period. Um, you know, we do typically business cycles might be a monthly cycle. The problem with monthly cycles when you're looking at um, – different aspects of your business. It's, it's too long. Um, if something's taken place in a month and you start reviewing it within the first week or the second week of the first month, the following month, it's too late. It's, you know, it's You've already had a, um, something that's had a negative impact or it's not going quite right. So it's important that you're doing stats on a weekly basis. It's also important that you're measuring um, statistics right across the business. Right? This is right across the business, not just financial metrics. So you look at executive, strategic, you know, your people and productivity, your marketing, sales, financial, obviously, production, uh, how you're getting work out there, quality control, lead generation. Um, This is the only way to fully understand really where your business is at. So you need to have not just track some of the core ones and the obvious ones, which is profitability and revenue, but tracking statistics across your business is really important. It's not really, shouldn't be one person's job to do this. Uh, The way we've got it organized, every every member in our, every team member actually has a set of KPIs, uh, products they need to produce and statistics. And it's their responsibility for tracking, recording, and reviewing their own statistics and reporting them. So it becomes part of the culture and the standard operating basis for the business. And you you find that uh, you just stop talking about lots of things you know without stats people just we just talk 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 and people give ideas and their impressions and my feel on this and feel on that um i have a saying which is i don't i don't believe what i hear i only believe what i see and uh and that's that's where where statistics really come on come in their own so what you might want to start is you know picking five to seven stats um and that provide the status for each area of the business. So you might say, what's the key stat for marketing, for sales, for you know productivity, for delivery, for quality, and then just start. And as a business owner, you can really quickly assess um, how the business is tracking. And the reason, obviously, this is a risk reduction mechanism because you'll be able to have good visibility, um, and you'll know if something's not not really on track. And as I mentioned, it's important that these stats go into a graph. Um, if you have them in spreadsheets, very hard to actually work out what's going on. You can't see trends. You're not able to really see um, if something's going up or going down. You have to actually read the information, which is very, very different. And with statistics, it's great to have the actual statistics, but then you're comparing them against your targets. So by setting targets, how are you going against what you wanted to be doing? And you can do this across right across the business, which is really important. And if you can link all your team members, even external suppliers, when people work for you, whether they're marketing agencies, for example, or people doing sales activity, you know, make define very clear KPIs and get them to report the statistics against the agreed targets. And it's uh, we have uh, a framework in the business where all these stats are shared within within with the with the team on a weekly basis. So everyone in the team knows how everyone else is going and how the business is tracking. So it's really important to be able to, and that's where a dashboard that has people have access to, is is very powerful. So if you can develop a bit of a culture of managing by statistics, you know what it will do is create sanity. Uh, when you're when you're not doing that, it's a little bit insane. you have sort of got a whole bunch of, you know, from my experience, you got lots of people talking about this and this isn't working, this is not there. The only way that I can sort of really tell what's going on is by looking at the data and looking at the statistics. So, it's a really good culture to develop, and for yourself as the business owner, it gives you a really good grip on how things are tracking so that's sort of uh a couple of key tools for managing uh risk uh, I'd really encourage you to look really closely um, at these type of business at these type of tools uh, because if you want to um and and we can share more information about how to go you know, about implementing these. These are there's a really powerful tools. They obviously help other parts of the business as well, but they are a key reducer of risk and controller of risk in your business. So hopefully that's useful. Um, and uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that some key data on those two areas. So to wrap out, it's really all about outsourcing contracting to reduce risks associated with engaging people and then stats and dashboard for having great visibility and understanding where your business is at all right thanks for listening stay well ciao for now